0: guys, it's Keon, and today I'm going to give you my recap on UFC 251, which just happened last night. So I'm going to tell you all about it and give you my thoughts on the fights, the decisions. So let's start with the main event, which was Kamar Usman defeating Jorge Masvidal by unanimous decision. Man, you know what? I can't say that I didn't see this fight coming, I'll be honest. But because I was so hopeful for Jorge to win... I was like, you know what? No, this can't happen. Like this this won't be a possibility for the fight. And basically that's how it happened. That's how it went down. It was Kamaru imposing his game plan of wrestling and bringing Jorge to the clinch, to the cage where he clinched him up, stomped on his foot, which people are like, "Ah, that's all he did. He just stomped on his foot." It's it's effective. You know what I'm saying? Like, listen, we're we're fighting here. These are the rules of fighting not all these performances are going to be exciting to find the win you know what I'm saying because Jorge Masvidal is a very dangerous opponent whether it's six days notice or a full camp so I think Kamaru he brought out the game plan that was safe and I can't hate him for that because listen you could he could go out there and play Jorge's game plan and stand and bang with him but he's gonna be in danger he knows that that's the truth and he wants to retain the belt <laughs> i don't i don't understand why that's an issue like i think fighters need to do whatever they can to retain the belt and whether the fans like it or not it's it happens you know this is the sport if you're angry about wrestling i I recommend you watch kickboxing you know that's always an option uh but i will admit it wasn't the greatest it wasn't the greatest main event especially cuz the event was dragging on for so long after the two title fights that basically went 25 minutes each and then we have another 25 minute fight like that's not i think what people what would have capped the night off perfectly was if a finish happened whether it was Jorge Masvidal or Kamaru Usman if it if it just finished in the second or third round this card would have been so much better in my opinion. But that main event kind of like took it down a bit, which is funny because that was the the hyped fight of the night and everyone was looking forward to it. But that's what happens, man. I whenever there's a hyped fight, be expect to be let down. That's all I'm saying. It's it's very rare to have a fight or a fight card live up to its potential but honestly aside from this fight the the fight card itself was actually really good so um we'll get to that as well um any last words to say about that fight Kamaru Usman Jorge Masvidal it, it is what it is you know uh Jorge Masvidal he he just couldn't he looked good on the feet when they were trading shots but he couldn't handle Kamaru's wrestling that's what it is man that's uh That's uh, what it comes down to. And you can't really hate him for that. He took the fight on six days notice. And he didn't really look like he had a game plan. He looked like he was just kind of fighting to the best of his abilities on a six day notice. Fight, basically. That's how I saw it. So um, I look forward to um, both guys coming back. I, um, I think Jorge has big fights ahead of him still uh Kamaru as well he, he could fight Gilbert Burns actually if Gilbert Burns stayed in this main event I thought it would have been a more competitive fight and possibly a better main event overall obviously the name and the hype isn't the same but uh I think the Gilbert uh, Gilbert Burns fight would have been better uh Jorge Masvidal on the other hand he has so many options he could fight Conor McGregor he could fight uh Colby Covington that's a big fight too regardless Kamaru Usman, he's your welterweight champion. He retained the belt. Onto the co-main event, we have Max Holloway versus Alexander Volkanovsky for the second time for the featherweight uh, championship, UFC featherweight championship. It was a split decision by Alexander Volkanovsky, which many people have been saying online that it was a robbery. And first of all, no. <laughs> like the, I can't call this a robbery because the fight was really close. You could say it could have went either way, to be honest. You can't say that, oh, Max clearly won that fight. No. To be honest, I'll tell you this. I was going into this fight as a Max Holloway fan, which means every attack he made, I was like, oh, yes, good. He's doing good to further win this fight. He he won that round. He won this. Like I was paying attention to what Max was doing to T to make sure... I knew, okay, he he's winning the fight. It, the momentum is in his favor. And round one and two, I definitely felt... It it was clear he, he won those rounds, in my opinion. He uh was outstriking Alexander on the feet and knocked him down at the end of the first and the second round. Clear rounds to him. But then it all changed in the third round when Volkanovski was coming back and finding success with his own striking and max he was still striking at this point too but it wasn't at, he didn't have the same momentum in the first two rounds so that that third round was the close deciding round for many people on who should have won the fight and in my opinion like i said i'm a big max holloway fan i'm the blessed express type of guy you know what i'm saying uh i still have to give that third round to alexander volkanovsky I thought he uh, he took that round and then he won rounds four and five. Uh, clearly, those rounds he won. And that was enough for him to win by uh, decision, in my opinion. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, Max won rounds one, two, and three. Three, man, that, that was the close round. I, ha- I probably have to watch it again. But in the moment, and that's why I'm so confident in my decision on this or like, I feel like in that moment, it was Alexander Volkanovsky. He he his momentum started the momentum of the fight started to shift in the third round towards him for me as a Max Holloway fan. That's why I really want everyone to know. I'm a huge Max Holloway fan. That's why I believe regardless of my bias, I think Alexander Volkanovsky won. Just my opinion though. I, I actually want to know what you guys think, because like I said, there's no way that's a, a robbery because it's just too it's too close to be a robbery. Um regardless uh Alexander Alexander Volkanovsky is your featherweight championship fe- featherweight champion still and he has a lot of contenders coming up. Uh, I could see him fighting the winner of Chan Sung Jung and Brian Ortega. That would be a very fun fight or maybe a Zabit uh, fight against Zabit Magomedsharipov. Uh, Calvin Cater I really like but he's going to be fighting Dan uh, Dan Ige next week so we'll have to see what's going to happen with the featherweight division but it brings us back to Max Holloway the former featherweight champion who just lost to the current champion twice now so do I think there's going to be a third fight it's funny because Dana White was talking about how there is a possibility of creating one because he even asked the crowd, he's like, does anyone think Volkanovski won that fight? So I don't know what that, what's going to happen, what that means. Maybe he's going to do a third fight, but I just don't think you... I don't think uh, there's any use to a third fight, in my opinion. I think uh, Volkanovski won the two fights. It's time to move on. Unless he loses that belt, Max Holloway does not have a chance at becoming a champion. At the feather in the featherweight division anytime soon if uh, Volkanovski doesn't lose his belt, so his best bet right now is probably to move up to lightweight. Honestly, I think this is the time to move up to lightweight and try to make a name for himself there because uh, it's it's gonna be hard in featherweight now, man. And I'm still I still believe in the Blessed Express. I think he could still do good. So um, I hope I hope so for Max Holloway that maybe we'll see him in lightweight soon. Going on to the third uh, title fight of the night was between Piotr Jan and Jose Aldo. So first of all, Piotr Jan, he won the vacant bantamweight championship and he did that by fifth round stoppage, a stoppage that many, including myself, have to say that that was super late. I couldn't believe how long the ref let that go for because every shot piotr was throwing it was like fight back fight back i probably heard fight back 30 times before it finally got stopped which is ludicrous i couldn't believe i was watching what i was watching um but piotr man so first of all piotr looked good in round one so he started off the fight looked good in round one but then in round two and three jose aldo came back and he looked like vintage jose aldo and to be honest, after those two rounds, I thought, hmm, Jose Aldo might actually win this, <laughs> you know, and that was uh, that was crazy because he, he he was looking good, man. He was connecting with his kicks, body shots that looked like they were slowing down Piotr. Um, but the problem was that going into the fourth round, you could tell that Jose was getting tired. He was slowing down and... Piotr he was still he was still good man he was still pushing he was the younger fighter obviously so he pushed forward connected with some heavy shots before taking it to the ground and throwing heavy ground and pound and like when I mean heavy ground and pound there was like there were shots where I'm telling you that's why I I believe this fight was so was such a late stoppage because there were shots where it looked like Jose was fully out it couldn't there's no way any other person could take these shots without going out because there was one there was one uh I think it was an elbow that landed directly to Jose Aldo's nose and it made the the like it made the worst thud sound you could hear. You know how normally you hit someone and it makes like a smack? This one was just like a like a thud to the nose and oh my god, I thought the fight was going to end right there, but it continued and it continued. And wouldn't stop until the ref was like, "Mm, okay, you know what, this guy is bleeding everywhere, he's curled up, I'll stop it. It was crazy, man. I couldn't believe how late that stoppage was. But credit to Piotr Jan for uh, winning that fight because he looked really good uh, early on. And then he faced adversity and then went on to just dominate at the end. So I think that was like a really good performance by uh, Piotr Jan. I'm excited for his next fight, which is obviously going to be between him and Aljamain Sterling. Honestly, that's going to be oh, I I don't even know who's going to win that fight because Aljamain Sterling looked so good against Corey Sanhagen uh, in that fight when uh, when they fought last time. So I don't I don't know what's going to happen um, because Piotr Jan he's is he undefeated or did he lose a fight early on in his career? Regardless, both of these guys I, I we haven't really had like uh an exciting title fight like this probably since cody garbrandt and tj dillashaw you know two guys just in their primes like fighting each other so i'm excited for that fight and uh i think my early guess to predict the title fight between piotr jan and Aljamain sterling i'm gonna have to pick aljermaine sterling man oh he looked too he looked too good against uh cory sanhagen that's th- that's th- that's the thing that makes me pick him because that was a performance that re- reminded me of, for example, Hennin Barrau versus Brad Pickett or Chris Weidman versus Mark Munoz. These were performances that once you saw them, once you saw Henan barral win, once you saw Chris Weidman win, once you saw Aljamain Sterling win, for me, I got the sense these guys are ready to become champions. They're going to become champions and... All the, well, at least for Weidman and Henan Burraw, they went on to become it. But I really saw the same thing with Aljamain Sterling in that Corey Sandhagen fight, and I just can't wait to see what else is to come from him. Uh, other fights on this card, um, let's see, we also have Rose Nama Yunus versus Jessica Andrade. They fought for a second time, and oh man, so the first two rounds was really competitive and the third round was when oh sorry the first two rounds was all Rose. my apologies and then the third round just became really competitive because Jessica Andrade she had the sense that she was behind on the scorecards at this point so she went all out and she almost finished Rose Namajunas after her dominant first two rounds of just outstriking her and connecting on the feet while Andraj was just taking shots but in the third round it was Rose taking shots and it was reminiscent of the first fight because Rose was doing so good and then she just lost and you kind of I had that feeling that it was going to happen again she was winning this fight she was looking good and then she's going to lose this fight and it would have been just devastating if that happened but um they just traded shots Rose she maintained uh she she remained in the fight, and she didn't go down, so credit to her for that, and she ended up winning the fight by unanimous decision, 29 to, to 28, and overall, aside from that third round, the first two, she looked really good, like, her, her striking is probably some of the best in the strawweight division for females right now, and... I can't wait to see her against Wei Zhang, man. That's gonna be a fight. That's gonna be such an exciting fight, and I don't know who's gonna win that fight. I have no idea. So, I I can't wait for that to come. And um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, the fight that opened up this pay per view was between Amanda Hebos and Paige Vans, and dominant performance by Amanda Ibbs who submitted Paige in the first round by armbar, and that's very impressive because Paige Van Zandt, she's one of the toughest fighters in women's MMA, I would say. like There there have been many times in her career where I was like, I can't believe she, she's surviving this. Regardless of what you think of Paige Van Zandt's skills as a fighter, you have to agree. She has so much heart and she's so tough and it's hard to put her away. So for Amanda Heboss to finish her by armbar in the first round, that's impressive. I'm I'm very impressed with Amanda Hibos. And uh, not only is she such a great fighter, but she is such an amazing personality. Like her, I don't know if you guys watched her post-fight interview, but it was so... It made me smile. I, I was smiling like a, an idiot. I was like, man, this girl is so awesome. I like her as a person. I like her as a fighter. I can't wait for her to fight in the future. I think she has all the qualities and the potential to become a UFC champion, in my opinion. Um, She did say she's going to go back down to strawweight, which uh, I don't know why she'd do that. She's doing so good at 125 right now, and she definitely has the opportunity to become a title contender at 125, better than at 115 if she was to try that. But I I could even see her become a a top contender in the 115-pound division as well. And she becomes a double champion. Wow, crazy. Because she's, I just, oh man, I really, I root for her. You know what's, I'll give you this comparison. Amanda Hibos' personality is so reminiscent of Junior Dos Santos's personality. Such like, such happy people that you want to root for. I don't know if you guys like followed Junior Dos Santos back in the day, but this man, when he was in his prime, he was beating everyone, knocking out everybody, and he looked like a destroyer. You think this guy was not friendly, but then you see him behind uh, the fights, and you see him on camera, and he's smiling. He's so friendly, and that's the same feeling I get with Amanda Hiba. She's like the female Junior Dos Santos, so I hope that's a compliment to her because it's a it's a big compliment i think it's a compliment i'm giving it off as a compliment and uh i'm excited just in general i'm excited for amanda he boss uh let's talk about the other fights on the preliminaries of this card and oh man there, there wasn't uh not all of them were the greatest i would say but there was uh some that really caught my eye the the first fight of the night, actually, it was a knockout win by Davey Grant. That was like a, a really nice knockout. And he got a 50K bonus for that. Check that out if you haven't seen it because it was disgusting. Uh, Maquan Amir Khani. Big fan of Maquan Amerikani So I'm happy that he won this fight. And he did it in such a dominant fashion. He submitted De- Danny Henry Danny Henry, by Anaconda Choke in the first round. And Amir is one of those guys, man, he looks like he's he's rising he looks like he's he's about to become like a big name and then he loses a fight and then goes back goes down again so i really hope after this win he he builds something because i'm a big fan of maquan amerikani and i think he has the potential not to just be a, a contender a title contender but a star i think he has that persona about him to stand out um as a fighter and as just as a personality in MMA. So I'm looking forward to Makwan Amerikani's next fight and future fights in general. The biggest fight of the prelims that I really want to talk about is the fight between Yuri Prohaska and Volkan Ozdemir. Oh my God. I don't know if you guys watched this fight, but if you did, first of all, I didn't know who Yuri Prohaska was, but I definitely do now because he knocked out Volkan Ozdemir, who is a top 10 light heavyweight, currently, he knocked him out in his debut. That is, that's impressive, you know? Um, And not only did he knock him out, he did it in the most unorthodox fighting style I have probably ever seen in my life. This guy was dancing, basically, in the cage, avoiding shots. His arms were fully down. I thought, I was like, this guy is going to get knocked out any second. It has to happen, especially with someone with Volk like Volkan Ozdemir. He has heavy power in his hands, and there was times where he actually clipped Yuri Prohaska, and it looked really close to a win for Volkan Ozdemir. But Yuri Prohaska, man, I don't know this guy. I have to say Yuri Prohaska because it's just what a monumental name for a, a monumental fighter, in my opinion. And if he here's the thing, if he continues performances like this against Volkan Ozdemir, like high high uh high level light heavyweights if he continues that like let's say against a Corey anderson or a um anthony smith if i see him do that against those guys oh man we have we have a serious fighter on our hands man because this was so entertaining purely not even because i knew who he was because he would because of his fighting that that tells you a lot about a fighter if they could entertain you strictly based on how they fight and Yuri Prohaska, he's got that, man. Um, his hair was kind of weird. <laughs> I will say that. But he was, uh, regardless of that, man, he, oh my God, like his fighting style is just so unor- unorthodox, so awkward that he found a way to knock out Volkan Demir. And I can't wait for his future fights, man. Uh, that was the UFC 254 card, uh, basically. Those were my favorites of the prelims. Those were the main card picks. How would I rate the card? It would probably be an 8 out of 10 for me. I think that's a solid pick. It could have been a 9 out of 10 had the main event been like somewhat decent, but that main event kind of took it down, in my opinion. Uh, What do you guys think? Let me know uh, what's your rating on this card. Let me know what were some of your favorite moments on this card and keep listening to the Key on podcast, which is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and SoundCloud. Thank you for listening to this episode of the recap for UFC 251. And I look forward to talking to you guys again. Thank you.